Hello, and welcome to the Jubilee Church Podcast. Jubilee Church exists to help all people know God, find family, discover purpose, and make a difference. If you would like to learn more or connect with us, please visit our website at jubileestl.org. Well, good morning, Jubilee Church. If we've not met yet, my name is Brian Mowry, lead pastor here uh, so glad that you are with us today. Unfortunately, I can't be there today, but I wanted the opportunity to introduce uh, our speakers today. But before I do that, I want to tell you about August 29th. August the 29th is our grand opening service here in Sunset Hills. Uh, we had a soft opening of our new building back in July, but man, we want to we want to have a big Sunday where we're inviting the entire community. So we have sent out a mailer. Uh, we've supplied you with invites. We would love for you to invite as many people as possible. Take one flyer, take five, take 10, take as many as you want to invite as many people as possible. There are so many people who do not have a people, a place, or a purpose. Uh, the recent Barna study it is a third of all people who were a part of a church, who regularly attended church in 2019, no longer attend church of any kind, in person or online. There are so many displaced Christians who don't have a people or place, not to mention those who don't have a relationship with Jesus and have never attended church. So we wanna make this grand opening Sunday here in Sunset Hills we want to make it a big Sunday to invite as many people as possible and would love, love for you to do that. So please take the flyers, invite as many people as possible. Well, today's a cool day. We're going to take a look at Psalm 66. And in Psalm 66, there's this great invitation to come see what God has done. We're going to learn about the power of testimony, the power of telling other people the good things that God is doing in your life and the encouragement that that has on other people. And to help me out today to deliver the talk is Joel Ackridge and Abby Nadolny, two leaders in our community here. Abby does a, is on staff and she does so much in the area of leadership development, uh, specifically empowering other women to lead. And Joel is one of our community group leaders and does so much more. He has such a pastoral heart, great communicator. And you may know his wife, Nikki, if you have kids. Uh, Nikki is our J Kids director uh, in Sunset Hills. And we are so, so fortunate to have her and to have him and to have Abby. So you're gonna be so blessed today by the talk. And you're gonna hear testimonies from people in our community about the good things that God is doing in their life. And I hope it encourages you to share what God is doing in your life. Psalm 66, as it was just read, is this amazing psalm of blessing and praise, and as Brian pointed out, of testimony. And as we look at this psalm, I see this the psalmist putting pen to paper, and it's almost like I can feel what he's feeling as he's writing. It's kind of like the worship team up here this morning, which can we just thank them, by the way? You know, the thing I love about them is they're not worship leaders, they're lead worshipers, and they're inviting us in to worship with them. In fact, they've been actually putting pen to paper themselves all summer as we've gone through a series on the Psalms. They've been writing songs to go with that. So quick plug, if you haven't already gone to our YouTube channel, go ahead, download those. I promise they will bless you. Or it's kind of like this last week during um, week of prayer and fasting. You know, I was here night after night, um, and Megan Kukla and her husband and their kids are in this front row, and she's got kids climbing all over her, and her arms are up, and she is pressing in to the presence of God with her Jubilee family. And you can just tell she's having this intimate moment with Jesus. 
Or many of you know Elijah. He's one of our lead worshipers. And if you've ever watched him worship, I actually, I asked him this a few weeks ago. I said, Elijah, when you're worshiping, do you ever feel like your skin is in like inhibiting you? And he was like, I do, I feel that way. And I was like, I see that. Because it's this worship that's coming out of him and he wants everyone to join in and worship God with him. And that's what we see the psalmist doing here. You know, it starts off with this collective call to corporate worship. Everyone, everywhere, everything, praising God. And he says in verses one through four, shout for joy all the earth, sing glory, give him praise. All the earth worships you. They sing praise to your name. Just look at him, church. Look at who he is. Look at what he's done. Look at him reigning and ruling over all the earth. And the psalmist has experienced the presence of God, and it's bubbling over him in a way that he wants everyone to participate. You know, since my son, Kaysen, has been in youth, I've had the opportunity to experience and to really see the leadership of our youth director, Wesley, put on display. And the thing, (laughs) you didn't know I was doing this, Wes. The thing I so appreciate about Wesley is that his love for Jesus and the activity of God in his life spills out of him. And it affects the atmosphere of our youth. It draws them in and causes them to want to know and to be with God more. And I don't know about you, but as a parent, I need my son to experience that. I need that. We all need that. And the psalmist continues in verses 5 through 12 with this continued praise corporately. And then, as Brian pointed out, we move into testimony. He says, come and see what God has done. His praise isn't just because God is glorious, though that would be enough. Do you agree? We could probably spend the rest of our life praising God for who he is just in his character and his nature alone. But the psalmist here is shifting to include testimony and pointing to the faithfulness of God, what God has done. There's a lot of power in testimony, isn't there, Joel? Yeah, there is. And uh, that was really loud, so keep it right here. Uh, Johnny Cash. Uh, No, testimony is uh, important. Uh, And one of the reasons that it is, is it's so encouraging. You know, there's no one in this room that when they saw Cody's testimony and Nikki's testimony, they thought, man, that was okay. Right? I mean, it was encouraging because we need that. We need it. We need to be encouraged by God, by one another, because that's how he designed it. We need to stir one another up. In Hebrews 10, it says, and let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, encouraging one another. You know, in my own life, uh, my awesome wife, Nikki, I don't know, oh, where is she? there she is. Yeah, I need my touchstone. Um, yeah, she and I, uh, we lead a community group. We serve a community group. And some of the most powerful times, most encouraging times for us has just been over the past couple years leading that community group. You know, it's been, it's been pretty brutal for them. This was pre-pandemic. I mean, we have had lost loved ones. Uh, we've had job loss. Uh, just pretty much everything in between. And so there was a time just a few weeks ago, uh, you know how they have Christmas in July. We decided we needed a section of Thanksgiving in July. And so we just took time in our community group time and just said, you know what, let's just praise God for who he is. Let's just start talking about all the good things that he does. Let's give testimony to the goodness of God. 
And those things didn't go away. We still had those things that we were praying for, that we were reaching for. We were praying, Lord, deliver. But we just needed to not necessarily put those to the side, but just take time to say, but God, regardless, you're good. You're good. And here's why. Here's why. And, you know, when I think about uh, that night, uh, the first guy who said, I want to share was Brian Axley. And if you know Brian and Sh- yeah, you can woo. I mean, we're wooers here. Uh, yeah. Yeah, he, uh, you could just tell the spirit was prompting him and he just said, you know, uh, it's like God is bringing me from discouragement to encouragement. You know, so good. And it was so encouraging. And it wasn't just that he said it. He started living it like we saw it. You know, the guys in our community group and the ladies too, we all uh, just text each other throughout the week. So it may be, you know, just random. You know, we'll send a text on, oh, this is a thought or here's a verse, here's an encouragement. You know, and Brian just started sharing these great words out of scripture that he's like, God is saying this to me. Or here's something I read in a book and he started texting it to us and just all these powerful words. And just to keep it really, you know, I guess fresh, every once in a while he texts us about Van Halen, you know, but <laughs> maybe a little fog hat, but, uh, but you know, yeah. And uh, also Marvin and Mary Lou Bowler. If you know Marvin and Mary Lou Bowler, you love Marvin and Mary Lou Bowler, right? Yeah. yeah. You cannot talk to them for five minutes just naturally before they're going to say, yeah, but just see what God's done. Come and see what the Lord has done. Precious, precious people. Um, you know, and the writer moves into uh, verse 12, you know, and we, and we heard that just how he brought the people of Israel through the children of Israel, through the fire and brought them into abundance and deliverance. And we've seen that in our community group. We've seen that in our church, in our testimonies. And we're going to hear more about that, how God does that. And so, Abby, in verse 13, we do see that there's a shift. Yeah, there's a shift where it starts to get real, real, if you will. So we see this corporate invitation to corporate praise and then corporate testimony. But in verse 13 is where we start to see the shift in language from everyone and everywhere and everything to me and I. It says, I will make an offering. I will tell you what he's done for my soul. He attended the voice of my prayer. He has not rejected my prayer or removed his steadfast love from me. You know, I find it can be easy to kind of praise and testify at a corporate level, right? And we can even sit back at a night like what Joel was saying in maybe a community group, and we just listen silently, and we praise God for the things that are happening in other people's lives. Or maybe, maybe we talk on a corporate level and that, man, God's doing amazing things at Jubilee. We got this new building and this new community of people to serve or Maybe we talk about things like, gosh, there's been so many baptisms this year like we just saw, and we celebrate those, and those are great things. We should testify to those, and we do, and we celebrate them, but there's something that happens with this language of I and me. I don't know about you, but sometimes that feels really vulnerable because for me to testify to the faithfulness of God in my life might point to the fact that I was weak, I was in need, I was struggling. I was wrapped up in sin. And for God to be great in my weakness might feel a little bit vulnerable and scary. But what I know to be true and what I know that we've all experienced is that that when someone takes that risk and goes first and is vulnerable and they share, the atmosphere of the room changes, right? We kind of all lean in and we're like, yes, yes. 
and our faith is raised as we see the faithfulness of God being worked out in that person's life, and we praise God for it. And suddenly walls come down, and God is glorified, and the body is built together. You know, if you've had the privilege of hanging out with Hannah Munchnick, her and her family are members here at Jubilee. She's actually in the J Kids right now. She's our coordinator for the third through fifth class. And every time I get with that girl, it's amazing because she lives out this desperate need for Jesus that is on display, but it's like fragrance on her lips because in the midst of it, God is so glorified. And every time that girl speaks, I'm just holding, waiting, listening, because you know that God is on display. And if you have time with her, you walk away feeling so built up and so strengthened in the faithfulness of who God is. And so it's worth the risk, right? Praise God, it's worth the risk to be vulnerable, to be weak, because when we are, the faithfulness of God in the thing, when we allow ourselves to be vulnerable, it's like we're saying, you know what? I'm going to tell you what God's doing in my life. You're going to tell me what God's doing in your life, and we're going to take this journey together. And there's other times where you hear someone just let the walls come down, and you say, you know what? I've been there. Let's walk together. And that's the beautiful thing about being vulnerable. And I'm going to give an absolutely shameless plug for community group. Because that, and I, I don't mean to even sound funny on that. I mean, that has had such an impact on Nikki and I to have these people to walk through life together. Because in community group, you can be vulnerable. And when I say vulnerable, and I know, Abby, you feel the same. I'm not saying we're going to have 10 boxes of tissues every week and we're going to cry. And things like that happen and we just were open and honest and those things happen. But also vulnerable in the sense of, you know what, I'm going to be vulnerable and I'm going to tell you what I am praying for God to do in my life. This is an area where I'm struggling. I'm going to be vulnerable and tell you this is where I'm struggling. Please pray for me. Let's walk together. And then what happens is somebody else in that community group says, you know what, I struggle with the same thing, or I have the same prayer. And when that happens in that community group, you have people to walk through this life together. So we have to share our stories with one another. We've got to do it. It's how God designed it, that we live this life, not alone, but together. You know, and there's times that we don't want to share our story because maybe we don't think it's, it's big enough. We don't want to share our testimony because it's just not strong enough. It won't have an impact. You know, and I've been guilty of this. And I was guilty of this 24 hours ago. Yesterday, we had our final prayer service for fasting, prayer and fasting. And I thought, you know what, Lord, I think you, I need, some, I need to share something. But I didn't think it was real dramatic or anything. And it was real simple, but it was just a simple prayer that God had answered. And I thought, yeah, but I, I need to do this. And so somebody got up and they started giving a testimony. and It was awesome. I mean, it was great. It was powerful. And I thought, that is an amazing testimony, and there's no way I'm following that. <laughs> right? I mean, let's be honest. But, but shame on me, shame on us. I mean, because God can do so much with so little. I mean, when we look and we think, that story, it's not good enough. It's not powerful enough. And God sees it as five loaves and two fish. He can do amazing things with so little because he's all-powerful in all ways, all the time. And another thing that we do at times is we don't want to share our testimony because of our circumstances. You know, maybe we turn down the volume a little bit on our praise because of our circumstances, right? You know, and I want to tell you when Brian gave his testimony, when Marvin was talking, their circumstances didn't change. What they're going through 
It's the same. Their circumstances didn't change. And so when they say, come and see what the Lord has done, they're not saying, come and see what the Lord has done with my circumstances. They're saying, come and see what the Lord has done with my heart. And we don't diminish that we pray for those circumstances. We're going to hear testimony. The psalmist talks about circumstances. We, we pray for those things. We're not diminishing that we pray that God worked through our circumstances. But we don't want to lose the fact that when he works in our heart, regardless of our circumstances, that's where the power is and revival can start. And so we need to do that. We need to share our stories with one another and to see what God's doing. A couple months ago, uh, John Lamperman, he, uh, he was preaching over at... Um, Gateway House of Prayer, G-Hop, we call it G-Hop. It's not my notes, but every time I say G-Hop, I want to say Gateway House of Pancakes. Um, (laughs) We just fasted, I'm still hungry. Uh, But he was preaching at Psalm 23, 6. And I'm sure many of you have heard, you remember what he said. When it says, surely goodness and mercy will not just follow me, it will pursue me. Goodness and mercy will pursue me. We need to hear the result of God's pursuit in your life because it encourages us. When someone says, let me tell you what God's doing in my life, have you ever said, meh? (laughs) No, because it energizes us. It energizes our spirits, and we need to do that. It encourages us. It spurs us on. Another reason that we share, it reminds us. It reminds us who we are in Christ, that we're his workmanship, that regardless of what's going on in our life, God is with us. God is with us and he is refreshing. We go through seasons of dry, we all do. It's part of the human condition. And sometimes we need to tell that story so that God just refreshes us. It's a refreshing thing. And then another reason we share, we were created to do it. We were created to share. When we praise the Lord and share what he's done, we're doing what he created us to do. Like the beginning of the chapter says, shout for joy to God all the earth, sing the glory of his name, give to him glorious praise, say to God how awesome are your deeds. All the earth worships you and sings praises to you, they sing praises to your name. We are created to praise him with our whole life. And Abby, we ultimately see this praise and this rejoicing with the psalmist, don't we? We do. As you mentioned, the psalmist points to his circumstances that after going through this great time of trial, the psalmist rejoices that God brought them through. In this situation, he actually changed their circumstances, and he points to the faithfulness of God in his life. He begins to talk about the answered prayer and what God has done, God's faithfulness in his life, his firsthand experience and intimacy with a faithful God. It says in verse 17, come in here all who fear God and I will tell you what he has done for my soul. We hear the psalmist declare what God has done for him in his life. Let's take a minute and consider what God has done in our lives and my life and your life. And I know, Joel, you've got some good questions to lead us through that. Yeah, so what's my story? Everybody needs to ask, what's my story? What's my testimony? What's God doing in my life? What's the fruit of his love in my life? What is brighter as a result of Jesus in my life? And then who can we tell? Who can we tell? And what would happen if all of us in this room did that? If we just started telling one another what God was doing? How would it affect sitting around the dinner table? Parents, how would it affect your kids if you just started making a habit of, hey, come here, I want to tell you what God's doing in my life. How would that impact our kids? How would that impact our community group, our church, 
You know, praise would just erupt. Hope would erupt. And that, that thing that we all are trying to grasp that sometimes we can't quite get, that peace that passes all understanding, it'll return like a long-lost friend. Because that's Jesus, that's what he does. When we start telling each other how great he is, when we start praising his name and telling him what a difference he's made in our life. And so let's be a church full of people who demonstrate God's love, who demonstrate our words and our deeds. And as a church that we say to the world, come and see what the Lord has done. Because as Jubilee, it would just start reverberating through this place, in our community groups, our families, and it would just start reverberating out into Sunset Hills. So how about we start right now? And we start hearing some testimonies. Yeah. We're going to start with a video testimony. Does that sound good, Abby? Yeah. Yeah. That sounds do great. That? Let's do it. Okay. I always wanted to avoid the bad. I always wanted the easy button, you know, like the Staples easy button. I can remember being in a Bible study and, and telling, you know, uh, friends there that I just thought being a Christian would be easy. I don't pray for easy anymore. I pray for His will. I was uh, raised Catholic. I was baptized as an infant, raised our children Catholic, and then uh, left the church. I always believed in God. Um, I just guess I didn't believe in organized religion. We were away from the church probably about 12 or 14 years. We were going to some personal things. Um, my mom was dying. Mike's dad was dying. I was at a point where it was just like, I can remember walking on our rural road and just breaking down and saying, God, I can't do this anymore. I can't do this in my own strength anymore. And just that's when I surrendered. I wanted to read the Bible and I'm old fashioned and I so I took notes and that was my foundation. I have a card box and I would write and stand on the promises of God and that was my truth. And so for six years, there's my foundation. I was coming home on 55 South. The prior two weeks had had some visual changes in my right visual field. I wasn't seen like from here to here and didn't know that I had drifted out of lane and had hit another car. I went to Springfield uh, Memorial Hospital. First they thought I had a stroke, but then found later that evening to have a stage four which is hard to say sometimes, stage four, aggressive lung cancer with metastasis to my brain, which was causing the visual changes and to um, bone and liver. So um, over the next couple days through scans, um, we learned the extent of my disease. as in any grieving process. At first, um, you know, I wasn't really overcome by the news. It's just, I think you're just in shock. And then little by little you learn, and then you learn the treatment plan and, you know, and, you know, goes subsequently from there. 
I believe this is His will. I believe that could I receive healing? When you look on paper medically, and I'm a nurse, so medically I look on paper and you see all the negatives, all the, you know, all the verbiage, all the medical uh, jargon, and it's like, I believe if God wants to heal me, He will heal me, and that will be His purpose. But I also believe that if He doesn't choose to heal me from this disease, that I'm winning either way. So I either win by beating this and continuing to um, live according to His will, or I die and I'm, um, <laughs> I'm in heaven. <laughs> I never thought I comprehended the love that God has for me. Literally, I've never lived in uh, His timing like this. I'm in God's zone. He has said, I won't abandon you. And I'm, I'm, I'm standing on that. I, I know that to be true. Praise God. Hey, should we keep the stories coming? Come on. Let's do it. Let's, we're going to have some more stories. Um, I'm going to call a few people up here. We're just going to continue in this theme of just sharing the good things that God has done. And um, I'm totally putting someone on the spot. Uh, but Chris Sell, come, are you in the room, Chris? Come on up. He just texted me something, and I told it's his fault, okay? So this is, we're, we're going, this is not scripted, y'all. Um, but hey, Chris just texted me, he's like, hey, in light of what's happening, you just shared something. So Chris, just share what God's been doing in your life this year. Yeah, so, um, let me hold it. I'll, I'm, gonna, I'm a control freak. I'm going to hold the mic. All right. What he's been doing is he's actually been giving me a deeper understanding of my own wretchedness. And while that may not seem encouraging on its face, um, it's actually just, it's given me a better understanding of his holiness in light of my wretchedness and just how so undeserving I am of him. And it makes the fact that the father would send the son for a wretch like me that much more amazing. Yeah. And it just, you know, and it's, it's been stripping away just this pride and arrogance that I've been having. That I've had in my life really, I mean, you know, for a long time. It just, just reminded me that I am nothing in light of a holy God. And yet, yeah, there you go. he still That's sought good. me. That's good. That's good. Praise God. Praise God. Go ahead, man. Abby, come on up here. Abby, where are you? Big step. Come on over. Uh, this is Abby, everybody. Welcome, Abby. Come on. Come on. Welcome, Abby. <laughs> um, so praise God, about eight months ago, uh, we, our second child was born. Um, healthy. Everything went well. But he was a really difficult newborn um, in many, many ways. And we, I just remember staying up at night. He didn't sleep that well. And uh, just crying out to God, being angry with God, like, I'm, d I'm doing everything I'm supposed to be doing. Why is this not changing? 
And, you know, Joel said he, he you know, turned down the volume on his praise. I, I straight up pressed mute on praise for a long time. Um, and I felt like God was at some point saying, like, hey, why aren't you in the Word anymore? What do you, you know, what's, what's going on with that? And, um, you know, my husband Joe encouraged me in that as well. And, I, you know, I reached out to some women to see if we could do a Bible study together. You know, they didn't have, have space and time in their schedules, but Ellie Sanazero at one point um, reached out on Facebook and said, hey, is, you know, is, I'm feeling like I need to do a Bible study. Is anyone in with me? And I was like, oh, okay, I guess I should probably do this. Um, and it was on Jonah. And so I started meeting with these women weekly and um, really digging into the Word. It was the first time that I had really dug into the Word for a long time. Um, and, you know, there, there was this uh, part in the, in the book that we were going through that said, you know, sometimes kindness is the storm. Um, sometimes God's kindness is the storm. And I just remember, like, everything going away at that point. And my circumstances didn't change, but my relationship with God did, and I dug into that word, and I have grown more spiritually because of these women and this study and God's word over the last two months than I have in years. So just an encouragement to reach out and to just believe and stand in truth because your circumstances may not change, but God also doesn't change, and his truth doesn't change. So just be encouraged in that. It's good. Praise God. Praise God. Come on. Uh, Andrew. Come on up here, Andrew. Hey, David. Hey, Andrew. How's it going? <laughs> um, yeah, so I feel like for... My- we're getting further and further away. Let's come back up here. I don't know why we're drifting to the back. It's weird being on this side of yeah. the microphone. Um, yeah, I mean, I feel like for, for my testimony, um, there's, you know, I think you hear testimonies a lot where it's like there's a very specific situation. And for me, I feel like when I look back and I pull back and look at the last several years of my life, it's just a real indication to me of God's faithfulness mm-hmm. to myself. And I mean, I think back like prior to college, um, I kind of had this plan for my life. Um, and my parents can attest to this. Basically, at the very last second, I like totally changed everything um, and just did something completely different. And I decided to go to school for audio production, which was totally different than what I was planning on. And it is so incredible to look back now um, over that time, because even prior to being a Jubilee, I had made this choice. And so I'm going to do this thing because I love doing it. And um, while I was in school, I just felt like this huge pull to get plugged in to like a church community. And I talked with a friend at the time and he was like, man, you should check out Jubilee. And so I went and I basically haven't missed a Sunday (laughs) since then. Um, But yeah, like it's just so incredible to look back and see how much God has pursued me and used what I chose to do just out of like my own selfish wanting to do uh, to not only bless our community, um, but like really like help me grow spiritually. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, I hope for you guys, it's just an encouragement. Um, number one, to just know that like, whether you feel it or not, like God is pursuing you and yeah. throw like throughout that whole time in my life, it didn't even 
like God was just not on my radar, like yeah. prior to getting plugged in at Jubilee. And he was so in the weeds of the details even before then. So I just hope that's encouragement to you personally, but then also like for your friends that you may be praying for, um, God is pursuing them yeah. and he is in the weeds of their life and he is calling them back into yeah. his family. Praise God. Well done. Good job. Kyle, come on up, Kyle. Hey, Kyle. All right. Um, we were worshiping this morning and uh, uh, I wanted to share something, but then a story came to mind. So I'm going to tell you a little bit of a story. When we were young, we would go to the beach with our cousins and um, we would spend a week there. And one thing we loved to do is build sandcastles, right? So we would work all day and build this like giant sandcastle and like it had turrets and moats and all this stuff. And and then we'd like go up to the cottages and have dinner and we'd like look out the window and we'd see like teenagers like coming down the beach and like kicking the castle down or jumping on it and stuff like that would really make me mad, right? So, uh, you know, we'd wake up in the morning and we'd, we'd kind of rebuild the castle and like then our cousin, my cousins and I had this idea like we're going to like stick rocks in the middle of these castles <laughs> and like sticks and like we're going to like try to prop this thing up and, and make it stronger. I don't know where this is going. But. Yeah, right. So <laughs> we would... We would um, we would build this up, and, um, and then we'd go to bed, and the castle would still be knocked down. And, and um, it's kind of like this idea that Jesus talked about in Matthew. He, uh, Matthew 7, um, he says in verse 24, Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on a rock. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house. But, did not, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does them and does not do them will be like the foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell, the floods came, the winds blew and beat against that house. And it fell and great was the fall of it. And in my life, um, I've put a lot of effort in propping up things and I've been pretty good at it. I was a straight A student and, and I can achieve a lot. I can figure things out. I can do a lot of things. And then um, there's been many times in my life, but especially this last year and a half, this thing kind of hit called the pandemic. And it, uh, it kind of shook some things. And um, it kind of showed the brokenness of the world and the brokenness that's there. Um, and sometimes it's, it's man-made and sometimes it's natural causes or whatever, but it, it, kind of, um, it kind of knocked me flat in a lot of ways. And it showed me how often I'm striving to kind of control things myself and make things work myself. And, um, and the reality is it, it's just, it's, it's a sandcastle and it's gonna get knocked down, whether it's the waves and wind that knock it down or whether it's nasty teenagers uh, it, it's, it's going to be, um, it, it's, it's my own effort that's not, it's not going to come through. I need a rock, right? And this, uh, these last couple years have been hard, and there's been multiple things that, um, whether it's job situation, it's family stuff. Um, my wife's dad uh, got diagnosed with brain cancer right before the pandemic, and it's all this stuff. Like, it's just a reminder, like, all of this is out, outside of my control, and, um, man, I want to control it. And, and that's like so innate in my, my, myself, but, um, but I can't. Yeah. I got to give it to the Lord. Mm-hmm. 
and, uh, and when I do, there is this rock, there is this peace, and uh, to just rest in that. It's still a struggle. I still want to build that castle back up. I still want to figure out a way to, to, um, to get the brokenness out of my life, but, um, but uh, it's the Lord. The Lord's the only one, and um, there's, been, there's a lot of things that are still a struggle, but we can praise God by a number of things. Um, Sarah's dad was, uh, was Nick called cancer-free a couple months ago, and we praise God for that. Um, but I love the testimony here. It's no matter what happens in this life, we know that we have a rock that we can stand on. And it's, it's not this life that may work out exactly like we want, but it's eternity. There's, there's this hope that we have in Jesus that is so much greater than anything we can have in this world. And praise God for that. Yes, praise God. Praise God. Thanks, Kyle. Come on, Froings. <clears throat> Y'all got one more in you? Come on. Come on. Come on. Hey, do you want us like, to be the side? Well, no. no. Who's talking? <laughs> All right. I'm going to hold. I'm going to talk. I'm going to talk. Okay. <laughs> we planned this. Um, okay, so last fall, I was working as a paraeducator, and school was online, and it was a really sweet time of getting to work from home, uh, but not having to do that much work. Um, and it was really nice. And then in October, um, the school board voted that we would go back to school in person, and my stomach dropped, and I thought, I can't do this. I can't go back. Um, and so I, I sat down and I prayed and I journaled and I asked God for a job where I could really be a light and that my light would really shine in. And I, I immediately came to mind the job that I had had working um, in an independent living facility. And I thought, oh man, how sweet would it be to go back to that? <laughs> and then about uh, two days later, Jen Phelan called me. Um, she had been my boss when I worked there, and she called me. She said, hey, how would you like to go back to Crestview and work with my mom as the entertainment coordinator? And I was like, are you kidding me? Like, I was just praying about this. And um, so I interviewed for it. It was a pay cut. It was, um, like, not the benefits weren't as good. It was going to be a few more hours a week. So I was like, oh, man, I don't know. Like, especially with the pay cut, it was just, a, you know, it felt scary. But um, we prayed about it, and we really felt like, no, this is what, this is what I need to do. Not, not just, I mean, for a lot of reasons, um, but as a param, I mean, my, my soul was so drained at the end of every day that I, I didn't have time. I didn't have energy to build relationships. I didn't have energy. I knew that if I went back in person, I wouldn't have energy to lead community group anymore or coordinate the Sunday school class. Um, so we, we took a leap of faith, and I took this job as the entertainment coordinator, and not even two weeks later, I got a huge pay raise. The, the, the company overall just was like, raised their minimum, and so it, I was making as much as I was before within two weeks, so yeah. yeah. And then, yeah, yeah. And then um, a, few, a few months after that. Not uh, even, like not a even. few weeks after that. Yeah, um, on my heart uh, was that... Um, quit your job. That's kind of how it went. I was been working for FedEx for over five years, and um, we just felt like um, God was pushing in to just 
change things. Yeah, yeah. and pursue him and take that leap. So uh, December 24th of that year was my last day working at FedEx. Great way to start off Christmas, you know, without an income. But um, we're still here. Yeah. And not only, are, not only are we still here, we're still, we're leading a community group. We're a part of JKids and we are loving every minute of it yeah. because we're here with you guys. And okay. whether or not we have the answers, we can turn to people. Like we had conversations with the McCutcheons, um, with Dee, um, just being there and just being in our corner, mm -hmm. you know, not, not about finding the answers or knowing them, but just having the support system there to say, yeah. hey, we're there and we're listening. And and walking out in obedience and, yeah. and the Lord being really, really, really faithful to us. Good. Yeah. That's, good. That's yeah. good. That's good. Praise God. Thanks, guys. Hey, the band's going to come up. Um, Andrew, come on up here. We're going to come back into worship and just as we wrap up today. But uh, Andrew felt like that God put something on his heart to uh, speak to us with. And so I'm going to have him share that as the band sets up. Nathan, you might want to tell the Jake kids we're going to run about five minutes late. I get the thumbs up back here. All right, go ahead. Yeah, um, this last week with, with prayer and fasting, as I was running in the 90-degree weather, um, I could have been delirious, but I felt like God gave me a picture of, of somebody with the seed of corn in their hand, and, uh, and then they planted it in the ground, and then eventually, like, seed would do, it grew, and it produced the corn, the fruit that it intended to do. And I felt like God said, um, you know, for myself, but there's some people here that, uh, that that seed represents a desire or a word or a promise that God gave you, something that he, he told you that was going to happen. And then I felt like the planting of it was like it, it dying, that it was coming to an end. It was your will that was being laid in the ground, that you had a piece of corn and you could have held on to it but you put it in the ground and, uh, and therefore you had nothing. Um, and then God in his, in his good will brought it to growth and brought the fruit that was meant from it. And I felt like um, for some of you that God was specifically saying that uh, like whether you're in that point where you feel like God gave you something and you're working really, really hard to make that happen and, and you had a vision of what it was supposed to look like and you were, you're running towards that and you're working really hard um, and putting a lot of effort, or you feel like everything I did was for nothing, that it, it's basically, it's at a point of death, that it's, it's not going to work out like I pictured it, like I intended it, or I thought it was supposed to be God, um, but I felt like he wanted to say this to you um, in, in, in a way that was like not a broad stroke, but like him, like a parent getting down on a knee. <clears throat> uh, don't lose hope. Don't lose hope. The growth and the fruit of my word, my promise, my idea to you is yet to come. Rest and trust in my love for you. Allow your will and your desire to be planted and watch as I grow my will and my plan for you and what I intended for you. Praise God. Yeah, thank you, Andrew. Hey, let's stand. We're going to worship.